Okay. So, are we ready? Because I'm ready. And Did somebody just turn that on me? No, no, no. Not right now, if I need it. It's too cold right now. It's a distraction. I'm like, I'm sorry. If I get hot, I'll go, fan. Okay. Okay, thanks. Okay. I'm having trouble seeing up here. I'm really just, you know, I'm telling you what I just like don't only do religious stuff. I'm just me. So, like, I don't, this is family. So, I'm just, so close your eyes for a second. Good, good. Yeah, second, whatever. We're before the king. Now, I just want to commune with him in tongues. See, tongues is about some machine gun thing. The main thing of tongues is communion. You stand before the king, and you speak his language. So can we just commune with him for a moment? Ye me nanana show manana ke shedadate. Yo tabala shambala shokala shete. Ye mamana sholadadate babala shatala she. Koladada shambala shandarake da shetek. Koladada shatata bala Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father the precious gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. God's not complicated to get in touch with. It's that simple. It's that simple. So, I've come with a message tonight, and the message is this, it's time to run. It's time to run. And so some of these things are very familiar, but I'm just going to bring forth what God gave me to say. And so, Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you want to release tonight. I just give way to you. I ask only what you want me to say. Lord, you know every heart in this room, and you know what needs to be heard, what needs to be imparted. So as we've already given way to you, I give way to you here tonight, Holy Spirit, for your glory, I pray. Amen. So there is a very clear trumpet sound, if we can hear it, that's being um, blown from heaven right now. I mean, it is blasting loud, and it is, it is truly releasing. This is a place of awakening, awakening. But it is also birthing across this nation, and I'm addressing America tonight, not the other nations. I'm focusing on America tonight. It's releasing, what it's doing is it's releasing, it's this long blast. It's not this short blast. It's this long, holy blast that's going out. And because what it's doing is it's 
raising up an army. It's raising up an army that is unstoppable and that are dread champions. And they're responding from a place of holy love. And it is this time, Jeremiah 12, 5, the Lord's reply to Jer Jeremiah, if racing against mere men makes you tired, then how will you race against the horses? So it's time for us to run, but not just is it time for us to run, it's time to know who we're to run with, where we're to run, when we're supposed to run. It's really important. It's, it's uh, the who, the when, the where, the what. What is he saying? It's not just running. And it's from the place God wants to restore three arts. I'll tell you, these are the passions of my heart. The art of waiting, the art of listening, and the art of response. It's not just enough to wait. You can wait and get nothing. It's waiting and really having every part of us, like being one giant ear open and then responding. I mean, really responding with action. But I'm not going to get ahead of myself here. And so, you know, Jeremiah, how will you run with the horses? You know, we're in a, a, a choice here right now on, on the earth and in the church. We can either saunter around with the footmen, and that's good. God loves you. You love God. You're going to get to heaven. Or you can run with the horses. There's a trumpet, and it really is, I don't want to say a separation. It's a call. Who's going to respond? Who's going to hear? Because the page has been turned in heaven, and we either go where the page has been turned or we stay over here. But God has turned the page. The church age is gone. We're in the kingdom age. You know that if you're in this house, okay? But it's time to leave the old cadence, okay? Humdee dumming along, whatever it is. It's time to leave the old cadence of walking with mere men because we are more than mere men. We're a race that's never been seen before. And when we really get that in here, we will live like a race that has never been seen before. We were not put here to be mere men and women. We were here to be supernatural beings, a race that has never been seen before, who Jesus was the firstborn of many sons, and we are his lookalikes. And so it's time to align ourselves, our hearts, our spirits, our soul with the cadence of heaven. And what is that cadence of heaven? The cadence of heaven is running with the horses. And the question tonight is, can you hear the sound of the thundering hoofs in heaven? Father, I pray, would you release the, um, the oil into the ears tonight to really hear the sound of the thundering hoofs. There is activity in heaven. There is movement. I'll tell you, when we were at the gate last night praying for this nation, I could hear the thundering of the hoofs. I could hear the thundering of the hoofs. I could hear the thundering of the hoofs in heaven. There's activity. There's action. There's war. God is very serious right now. He's always loving, but we can't be, oh, we just want to be kissy, kissy. He always wants to kiss us, but he's like, are you kidding me? There's a nation at stake. I'll kissy, kissy, and then you better get, <laughs> and you better get up and do something with that kiss. If you're in, Judas Roy, you always hear this. You can roll around on the floor all you want, have a blast, stagger around. When you get up, you better go do something with it. What are you doing with it? Anyways, so I'm not going to go there. So, 
I'll tell you what walking with the footman sounds like. I can't. I won't. It's too hot. It's time to retire. It's too demanding. It's too costly. We hear the trumpet sound. We either don't respond or we muster. Yeah! And then we sit back down and return to our slow walking pace. Or we walk around with unholy loyalties and unhealthy soul ties that hold us back. Or our past successes that we're still, oh, I remember what it used to be like when. Oh, I remember. The standard is too low. We see the giants in the land. We go, ah! But when you're running with the horses, when you're running with the dread champions, you got a heart of a champion. You hear the trumpet sound and you respond. And you respond where from? You respond out of loyalty to him, not because you have to. There's this loyalty. There's this passion. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? I'm meant to run. Oh, my gosh. I'm meant to run. I'm a son because I was meant to run. He hung on, a, on the cross and shed his blood because we're meant to run. And the dread champions go into the land. They see the giant grapes and they say, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Are you kidding me? Like, give me this mountain. That's why I'm here. If I don't have that, what are we here for? What do we get up in the morning for? What is the difference between us and the lost if we don't have a mountain to take? What do we get up in the morning for? What do we wake up for? It's like, da 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 I'm awake! That's how we should be waking up in the morning. No, I'm serious. In the spirit, you fall like, I am alive another day because Jesus Christ has purposed that there's a mountain to take and I'm part of those dread champions. I don't know. It's like I'm not here to be bored. I can't stand being bored. And I'm not talking about just active to be active. I'm talking about the kingdom is supposed to be the most exciting adventure. So what time is it? It's time to line our hearts up with the champion heart of God. The champion heart of God. And to really, you know, live as they were singing about tonight, from this heavenly place, our true home, you know, like the eagles perched, poised, fierce, ready. A fierceness and a fearlessness. Oh, no, we just want to sing love songs. I love singing love songs. Come on. I love my quiet times with God. But I'll tell you what, when I get up from that place, it makes me fierce. It makes me fearless because I feel his jealousy. It's his jealousy. It's like, Donna, this is your watch. What are you going to do with it, girl? What are you going to do with it, my daughter? Every mountain has to get out of the way when the sun's decree. That has to give way. The question is, do you believe it? You see, if you believe that you have the champion's heart, you believe it. So, well, maybe, maybe God will do it. No, like he, 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 he wants to do it. I'll tell you, not what, a champion, a champion horse does not hang out with barn horses. They don't. They absolutely do. It slows them down. They were created to run with champions. Have you ever seen a barn horse at a race? 
Here he comes, pull of the harvest, getting in line. They wave the flag, and here he goes. Da -da -da -da, ba -ba -ba -ba. The pumpkins are flying out everywhere. The others have got like 10 laps. Well, that's what it looks like in the church. It's like, you know, because we want to live our comfortable American dream, and God's saying, like, excuse me. Yeah, how about my dream? Guess what? It could cost you your life. Actually, it will cost you your life. Because I'm asking for everything. Everything. Everything and nothing less. I give you. So, what am I talking about today? I'm talking about glory. I'm talking about sonship. I'm talking about running with the horses. I'm talking getting the heck out of the familiar and getting into the unknown realms of God. Come on, the unknown realms of God. Forget Star Trek and all those other things. Come on. I don't get it. I get really upset. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. Anyways, I can't, I love, when I saw Randy Clark go, I'll never forget it. He says, that's a rabbit. Okay, he shot it. I loved it. I shot that rabbit. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. <laughs> so I do have a goal tonight, or the Lord has a goal tonight, and that is to weave a garment that when we all leave here tonight, we are wearing the garment of this champion king in a fresh new way. That our spirit man is clothed with the garment of a champion. This is his idea. I can't do this. Only he can do this. I'm just going to be like, bah, 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 bah. he's going to do it. And so what is this garment made up of? It's who we are and whose we are and whose DNA we have. And it's the DNA of a champion. If we say anything else, we're living below what we hung on a cross for. We have his DNA, and that DNA is the champion DNA. That means undefeatable, unconquerable. That's who's in us. That is who is in us. And let me tell you what it looks like. I, I, I'm going to, if you know, if it was like this was a conference, I would have done all this other stuff. But it's, it's the royal blue authority. It's his dominion. It's his golden glory realms that he wants to just wrap us in. It's the red victory of his blood that causes the enemy to back away as he comes near because he sees this blood. It's the white holy light of his radiance with eyes of light and eyes of fire. That's what we're supposed to look like with this priestly purple intercession because we're his priests and his kings. And then this green new life breathing in and breathing out resurrection life, breathing in and breathing out every place we go, resurrection life, overtaking spheres of death, hell, and the grave just by moving. And so what's he doing? He's calling us to arise and one with the heart of a champion. And so I'm going to unfold a few stories here. Um, probably most of you are familiar with all of them. I don't know. Um, probably all of them. Um, but Secretariat is the first one. Now, Secretariat was the, one of the most famous um, racehorses in the entire world. When he died and they did an autopsy on him, God is so amazing. God had created this horse's heart cavity 
with the ability to hold his 22-pound heart. I'm sure you know this story, his 22-pound heart. It fit perfectly. And why was this? Because he was born a champion. He was born a champion. Um, he had a heart. He had a passion. He loved to run, and he loved to run like the wind. After he finished the race, he would continue to run. When all the other horses stopped, and it was like, that's it, and they just go off with their owners, he would just be... And that's what the way it's supposed to look like for us. Yeah. Oh, it's over. Right. No. You see, we don't need men to hype us up. We don't need to be stirred up by somebody else. We're supposed to encourage. You follow so We do that with each other. But you follow what I'm saying? This horse was born a champion. He was born with a passion. He had to run. He had to run was to live. If he didn't run, there was no reason to live. You get it? And Ahahats are the same. That's that hollow Isaiah 22, 22 car within, the DNA of Jesus within. If you will, the 22 pound of the heart of the champion within us. We were born to run. And I'll tell you what, we get bored, we get oppressed, we get depressed, we get all this crazy nonsense that we have to whatever, I'm not going to go there. And I'm going <laughs> to... Anyway... Help me, Jesus. I'm telling you, Cole. Anyways, it's like, you know, if we... If you don't have something to die for, you are not alive. We just exist and we're just like the world. Saved, going to heaven. But what do they see? Do they see you as somebody that can't be stopped because you have a purpose? If you're at work, I don't go to work, but if you're at work and you're at the water fountain, are you just there like everybody else, like the barn horses slurping away? Or are you like, yeah, I got a reason to live. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know that. It looks like, you follow what I'm saying? There's an energy, there's a champion. It's different when you come in a room. It's not arrogance. It's not, hey, here I am. You just walk differently. You carry yourself differently. You're royalty. You're a champion. You have a reason to be here without apology. And I know I tick a lot of people off. <laughs> I'm telling you that I do, and I don't care. So anyways, as long as I hear from him, then I'm okay. That's all that matters. So I, you know, a long time ago, gave up trying to w win the whatever, whatever contest it is. I don't know. I never won anyways. I always failed, so why even bother? So he, when he crossed the line, I love it. I was going to find the clip, but I said, oh, that would take too much time. Blood was streaming from his nostrils because the blood vessels burst because he ran with everything that was in him. And they caught it in film. It's miraculous that they caught it on film. I'll never forget it when I saw it. I wept and I wept and I wept. 
And when I saw that, and when I heard this, something gripped me. Something gripped me. I'll tell you what. This painting here was painted 20 years ago when God first began to speak to me about this and began to tell me about the champion heart and began to tell me about the war horse call on the church and began to tell me, this is who you are, Donna. This hangs over my computer where I sit every day. Every day I look at that to remind me, this is who you are. This is what the fire of God looks like. 20 years, 20 years I've been believing and contending for a whole army to look like this. And God hasn't changed his mind. The trumpet sound is now, now being blasted upon the earth for this. Not a bunch of sheep with a sheep mentality. Bah, 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 I have so many needs. Bah, bah, bah. I'm like, what? Get out, what? Go. I don't know, go it. I don't, I don't even know what to say. It's like, come hang out. You know, I don't know, you gotta change the bleeding to the, uh, um, you know, I, <laughs> help me, Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, the, the, the heart of a champion, the heart of a war horse. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm all about sounds, everything. Sounds, why? Because he made me that way. I hear everything. I'm like, ah, I hear too much sometimes. Anyways, it's like, ah, I don't want to hear that. But anyways, so, but what we must hear is this. And this is where, oh, God, please help your church. Please help us. I'm part of that church. Help us. Oh, my gosh. His majestic snorting. Have you ever heard the snort of the Lord? Have you ever heard the snort of the Lord? When you hear the snort of the Lord, you're going to go like, whoa. I'm going to say it. Bobby Connor. The church is far too familiar with the God they barely know. So, he paws in the valley, rejoices in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him, the flashing spear and javelin. With shaking in rage, he races over the ground. Can you see this? I mean, oh my gosh. And he does not stand still at the voice of the trumpet. As often as the trumpet sounds, this is what the war here says. Aha. Aha, and he runs right into the smell of the battle. That's the church. That's what God is awakening right now. That's what he's awakening. What do you think is going to win this nation? Kumbaya songs, sitting around the campfire like a little wagon train. Let's get out the marshmallows. Come on, anybody got the, who's got the chocolate? I've never had one of those things. What are they called? S'mores. Yeah, let's make the Kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's like, <laughs> in heaven, God's like, is anybody, does anybody, my eye is looking true and fro, is there anybody on the face of the earth that will hear my snort and hear my hoofs? Is there anybody on the face of the earth that is hearing my trumpet? Is this okay? Is it okay, guys? <laughs> I have shot some rabbits. <laughs> There's like four pelts here right now. <laughs> Sorry, Chicky, they're not real rabbits. That's my sister, and she has house rabbits. Anyways, 
their family. Anyways, so help me, Jesus. Heart of the champion. So they're not your average horse. Do you want to be an average horse? Victoria, do you want to be an average horse? Good. That's the right answer. Good. You passed. Good. Because the war horses are the remnant. The war horses, people, are the remnant. Just saying. So we're going to go to another movie. Hildago. Hildago? The race of the horses across the desert in the Middle East. So here's this man. Listen for yourself in this story. <coughs> the highlights. I'll tell you what. Every time, I mean, I was going over and over and over again this week. I'm just like sitting there going, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I was getting creeped by God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm telling you, I was having a blast. So the man in this movie, he enters the race. He's a drunken cowboy. Never forget who you were when you were called. I don't focus there. I once was lost. I once was, but now I am. I don't run around talking about that unless I have to. You follow what I'm saying? I'm talking about who I am now. But anyways, he was a drunken cowboy from a circus with a Mustang horse. But they were one. They were inseparable. In the natural, they didn't have a chance. You know, I read this thing about this race over in the Middle East. They didn't have a chance. Because over there, it was these Arabian horses. They were all champions. They were of the purest bread. All they knew was running in the desert hours and hours and hours. They knew what it was to run without water, to run long distances. And in these races, even those horses died. Only the fittest of them survived this race was the toughest race. There's no race like it in the world. But this cowboy had absolutely nothing to lose. Anybody there tonight? He already lost everything. He had nothing to lose. Maybe you're in that place tonight. Maybe it's not everything physical. Maybe you've lost your dream. I don't know. You've already lost everything, or maybe some things. But he had lost everything. Like, so he leaves America. He goes across the sea with his Mustang, which was quite a thing in those days, to respond to this challenge. And it's like, there's no way. There's no way that this guy, this drunken cowboy, who was a complete drunken man <clears throat> from a circus, with, was going to defeat or have a chance against this Arabian stallions. So let's look at the Mustang. He didn't have royal genetics. Well, neither did you and I before we were born again. He didn't have the genetics of generations of champions before him. You know? Some of us may have a lineage of Christianity in our background. Others may not. But it doesn't matter. We have the DNA of the king, and we have his champion heart. Do you follow what I'm saying? I'm telling you, the enemy, I've heard all kinds of whispers, all kinds of whispers. Oh, if only, and if I had, and if this, and if this. No. All that stuff has got to go. All that if onlys, all those little things, all those things in comparison. If I had been like, I don't know, let's just say, I mean, God bless Bill Johnson who has, I don't know how many lines that go back, but that's not who I am. I wasn't born into
to that. Do you follow what I'm saying? I was the first Christian in my family line. There you go. And so it's got to start somewhere. So, you know, he didn't have desert genetics, but he had heart. This Mustang had heart. And this cowboy had heart too. This Mustang was devoted to its owner and he wouldn't quit and they wouldn't quit. You know, he enters this race and before it even begins, there starts to be all of this deception that's going on between the horse owners. And he almost gets taken out with that. And there were these then these subtle seducings to try to entice him, women that would come, that these rich women that owned these Arabian horses to try and get him out of the race. They'd seduce him with dinners and one that he almost got off track, but he didn't. Then others try to buy him out and send him home. We'll even pay you all this type of money, just go home. But against all odds, he refused it all against being set up with traps again and again as he ran the race. The horse falling into a pit. That was the creepiest scene of all when the spear went through the horse in the pit. I'm like, that's it. The, the horse is done. It's over. No way. He gets up. They get him out of there. He had no water. They were in wind. They were in sandstorms that kill men and beasts alike. Again and again, they came through. And the amazing thing, in the end, they won. Against all odds. God chose the simple things of the world to confound the wise. He chose men that were uneducated, ordinary men, to blow the world's minds. They had one thing that qualified them. They had been with Jesus. Period. So it was all because of their hearts, the hearts of a champion. So within this man, let's look back at this, this cowboy. So let's think, you know, the average day, you see you some, there's the drunken cowboy staggering down the street, whatever. You know, within this man, there was deep within him circumstances and the people that he aligned himself with in the circus. He was walking with the foot soldiers, if you will. I'm not putting down circuses, but you follow what I'm saying? A lot of the people in this movie, they didn't have anything else. They all considered themselves losers. And the owner said, well, you'll have something you can do here. You may be a freak out there, but we'll turn your freak things, you follow what I'm saying, into you can make money with it. But still, they lived in this shame. They lived in this valueless. So they drank. They drank. They did all kinds. Do you follow what I'm saying? They didn't see their value or worth. They just became circus performers that it got old real quick, just like it can be in the church when it becomes a circus and it's, I'm not shooting this rabbit, and we begin to perform and respond to religious programs. And who could we sign up with? And who if we drop that name? And if we just get close to Miles and Lisa, real close, maybe have them over for dinner, they'll put us in a position. And on and on, that's the, seven, the seven steps, the 20 steps, the 15 steps, let's whatever, come and do this, pay $2,000, then you'll look like me. <laughs> I just killed about 20 more, so I didn't get in any deeper. I'm respecting, I'm in my son's house, my son and daughter-in-law's house. So. 
And I don't know if this is on TV or whatever, but... Oh, okay. Welcome to the circus. No, it's not a circus here. This is not a circus here. This is a war tent. So, he was bored because he was never meant to run with the foot, with the foot shoulders. He would have never been able to do what he pulled off over in the Middle East with the Mustang against all of that. Do you see? He had a champion heart, only nobody knew it. Nobody saw it. Nobody called it out. Nobody made way for it. And so he lowered the standard, and he slowly, day by day by day by day by day, died inside till he couldn't take it, so he drank himself into a stupor just so he could, oh, my God, he lived this bored, mundane life with no adventure, nothing to live for. All he did was entertain, 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 but the applause became hollow, shallow, nothing. When you're a champion and you have a pioneering heart, you know, Father, would you break the spirit of entertainment in your church that can lull us out of our destiny. It silences our songs. It may give us our little soulish wants, but nothing eternal and no real destiny. You know when somebody knows their destiny because it's in their eye. You can't fake it. You can't fake it. I can look in somebody's eye, not because I'm this all-knowing person, but I can see it. There's a, I know I'm alive. You may not know everything, but I'm alive. I'm not a cowboy in a circus drinking my life away because I've got nothing else to live for. I don't even know why I'm getting up every day. He was born to run like the wind, as was his horse. And they were awakened because of this, became alive again. What did they do? They returned to America, and they voted the rest of his life to freeing the wild horses from captivity so they could do what God put them on the earth to do. Be wild horses. I love it. See, he did something with that champion horse. He came back, and he did something. He didn't go back to the circus. He went, and he made others free, that they would run the plains, champions running like the wind with their manes flying in the air. Come on. Who? The part of the story is with the champions is who are the champions you're to run with and who are the ones you're going to run with to the end? Oh, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of shifting around. You know why God is shifting around? Champion heart, not champion heart. Champion heart, not champion heart. Run with you to the end, won't run you to the end. There's all this stuff and some of it doesn't make sense. This one, I see it. They're not going to go all the way, so just let them go because they're not going all the way. They say they're going all the way, but I know them. They're not going to go all the way, so just let them go and stop fretting about it. If only, if only. Let me tell you, I've had to get through that one, and he's had to show me some stuff. They're not going to run with you, Donna, because they don't hear the trumpet. I was made like this. I can't explain it. I hear it in me, and I refuse to apologize for it. Donna, just settle down. No, I'm not settling down. It's been that way since I got saved. When I first got saved, I'd be standing up in the church. Yeah, I'm just praising God. I was pulled into a room. What's the matter with you? Do you think you're better than everybody else? 
there and I said, my God in heaven, I can't even believe this. And I just turned and I said, well, I have a question. If you were lost in worship, how would you even know what I was doing? Because right. I'm not watching you. That was the first year of my salvation. And nothing's changed. I just get crazier. <laughs> he made me that way. So, you know, I don't know. I guess, I hope. I think he does. Let's go. We all going to go back to secretariat for a minute. They said about him, okay, let's look at him. I just told you the story of how he ran the race and won and all the races. He was unstoppable. He, never, he just like won everything. Nobody could, it was like, the, it was actually a waste of time. <laughs> just why even bother getting in? He's just going to leave you in the dust. But anyways, they tried. So <clears throat> it was good training. Just close your eyes for a minute because this is where God wrecked me and maybe he wrecked you a little bit. Secretariat was a horse they stood, couldn't run the distance. Then there was a jockey who had a history of killing horses because he pushed them too hard. Then there was the trainer who carried around his losses in his wallet reminding him of what a failure he was. And there was the barn handler who loved this horse and cared for him with tender devotion. And then there was the owner who saw within him what nobody else saw except the barn handler. He saw a champion. Maybe you've been told you'll never be able to run the distance. Maybe you've pushed yourself or others too hard. Maybe you're carrying that wallet around in your back pocket of all the failures in your life or the places that you wish could have been different. But I'll tell you, there's a bond handler, the Holy Spirit who loves you. And then there's Jesus who sees within you his very heart, the heart of the champion. And he says, you can run the distance because I've given you a 22-pound heart. And that's what this owner did. He looked. He put his eyes right face to face, eye to eye with this horse. And he looked right into his eye gate. And he says, you can run the distance. You can run the distance, secretariat. He spoke into him. This He saw it. Do those people around you see you, see who you are? Who's in the race with you? Who are you running with? Who are the other people around you? Who's the, who's the, what's the battle standard that you're running under? If the trumpet was, if you're in a giant field, I always think about this, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel, and they're all out there running around fighting a battle, and now the time, it's, it's time is over, their battle's like ending, and they're calling them back, and they blow the trumpets, and they raise the standards, and they all had to go back to the standard and the tribe that they were part of. But if you don't know who you're part of, if you don't know your tribe, if you don't know your family, if you don't know the war horses you're supposed to run with, then you're just a wandering horse, and you don't know where to run when the trumpet is blown 
This is the hour we're in. There are war flags being released in heaven. There are trumpets being blessed. Who are you going to run with? And who are you going to either die with or take the mountain with? Who are you going to do that with? Because that's part of the reason why you wake up in the morning. That's not to make you feel bad. God is repositioning. You follow what I'm saying? He's blowing a trumpet, and part of that trumpet is get out of the observation desk and get into the saddle. Get out of the observation desk. The train is leaving. Woo, woo. And you're either going to get on or you can sit in the wagon train and eat those whatever those things are. <laughs> what are they called again? Marshmallow things. <laughs> I'm sorry, I go all over the place because I see this stuff. Like I can see the, I come over here because I see the wagon train. I can see it. When I paint a picture, then it's like there. Like all night I'll be seeing that thing and the little marshmallow things. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. So, another movie. Are we okay? Okay. It's movie night, guys. The war horse. Oh my gosh. The war horse movie, if you were to sum it all up, was a movie prophesying covenant relationships. That's what it was all about covenant. not, gee, Victoria, I like you today, but you just didn't measure up. So, see ya. Because somebody else will come in tomorrow and take her seat. God have mercy upon your church that it can just be that shallow at times. That's I'm not saying this house it can just be that shallow. Up, oh, next one, just come and take the seat because there hasn't been this covenant. I know that this is where I belong. God has sent me, and I'm knitting heart with him together. Do you follow what I'm saying? So that's what this is about. So now that I've got that clear, I'll move on. So this father has a need of a horse. We, if you saw the movie, you know this. Okay, so just bear with me. He sees the value of this horse. He goes to buy a farm horse because that's what he needs. But this isn't a farm horse he comes back with. He comes back with this beautiful, magnificent horse that is not meant to pull and break up fields. But he saw the value of this horse. He couldn't resist him. And he bought him and he brought him home. And he gives them to his son to now plow the field with. Quite a story. I'm not going to go into that. But what happened, if, as we know the movie, they began to bond. This boy and this horse. I love the scenes again when they would put the eye to eye and nose to nose, the, and the, the, the boy and the horse, and how he had that whistle that was between them. There's this whistle that this horse knew this was the one that loved him. This was the one that cared for him. It was a trust. It was an eye-to-eye, face-to-face deal. And the Lord is saying to his church, 
I'm looking for you to be up close because I want to look into your eye and I want to breathe right into your heart. I want your eye gate to meet with my eye gate because I want to impart my covenant. See, these aren't words. This isn't come with some piece of paper that we can write out and fill out. This is not a membership thing. This is beyond membership. We're at a place in the kingdom. This is beyond membership. Membership is just like you pair it up and you go off. And, you know, I'm not talking when God really tells you to move. Do you follow what I'm saying? I'm talking, this is about like, this is where I belong for however long it is. As long as God has told me to be here, I'm all in. I'm all in with all of my heart because this king has looked into my eye. And this king has whispered in my ear and he's made it clear. And I'm not waking up every day. Do I? Don't I? Do I belong there? Don't I belong there? Should I be there? Shouldn't I be there? Do I fit? Don't I fit? Do I fit? Don't I fit? You know, no. It's like... So this horse, as we know, was sold by the father into war. The boy is traumatized. The boy, as we know, signs up in the army with one main thing. He's going to find his horse. So if he has to go and fight even risk his own life, he's going to find his horse. Why? Because he was not going to live his life without this horse. Think about that. He was not going to live his life without his horse. This is a horse. This isn't a, a child or a parent or a sister or a brother. This is a horse. I mean, I get that because I'd probably do something like that. But because <laughs> I love animals. If I, I'm telling you, I used to, God, you know, I always wanted to go to Africa and save the lions. As I used to tell my mother, I'm going to go to Kenya and I'm going to save all the lions. And so instead, I have a church called Judah's Roar. I mean, I, I, it's the closest I've gotten to lions. So I love the scene when he says, I swear I will find you and I will bring you home. I swear I will find you and I will bring you home. And Jesus is standing on his mountain. And there's passages where he says he whistles and he calls for his people. He whistles for his nations. He whistles and he's calling to them. And he's saying, I will find you no matter where you go. I will find you. When you said yes to me, I will find you. You still have a choice. But I'm going to come. And I'm going to find you. And so the horse, you know, this horse, what did he know? He knew this relationship with this, with this boy that now he didn't have. So now he's in war. I'm not going to get a halt the whole thing. But the scenes with that black horse that he became like his best buddy, this, it was like this covenant thing. Oh, my God, he'd take his place. And then when that black horse dies, he's standing over him. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I'm undone. I'm undone. I'm undone because there's a horse who's grieving over this horse, and he won't leave his side. And I'm thinking, how many people just walk away from people? And I'm talking the church, and they don't weep, and they don't cry, and there's nothing. They just walk away. They just say whatever. Well, I've changed my mind. God must have changed his mind. And there's horse is weeping over this horse. I hope I'm not. This is okay. 
but it's a time to its hearts. So let's move on. So we know he gets caught in the barbed wire. The, the horse gets freed. I'm not going to go into all of that. But against all odds now, they've got to bring the horse because the horse has been, the horse has been hurt. Now they've got to bring him someplace to try and get him help. So they're going to bring him to the hospital where the men are. There's, they don't have a vet. There's no vet out there. So they, they bring him to the hospital. We know the scene. Against all odds, all odds, I think about this, the entire war, that's what I'm saying, covenant, this covenant-keeping God. I'm talking about the covenant-keeping of God. This movie was prophesying the entire war against all odds. This horse is restored to this boy as they find each other in the hospital ward. Now, the boy, if you remember, if you saw the movie, he had been wounded, and he was temporarily blinded um, from gas that he had been in contact with. So he hears all this commotion as they're bringing this horse and they're saying, no, we can't treat the horse. And he's hearing all this commotion and he didn't know what was going on and he's asking what the commotion is and they tell him it's about a horse. But you see, there was a sound. There's a sound of covenant. There's a sound when you're up close. There's a sound, and he knew that horse's neighing. He knew the horse's cry. He knew what that horse sounded like, and he began to sense, I think this is my horse. I think this could be my horse. That neighing, I know that neighing. I think this could be my horse. So he begins to whistle. He begins to whistle that covenant whistle that they know. No other horse was going to respond to that whistle. That was their whistle. And the horse responds. But his, the, the star, that triangle thing on his forehead, they said, is there, is there a, no, it's not there. It's not your horse. He said, no, it's got to be. It's got to be. I know. It's got to be. And we know the scene. They finally washed the horse. And there it was, the mark that was on that horse's forehead. Yep, this was the horse. The horse that the boy had come into the war looking for and said, I will find you and I will bring you home. I will find you, and I will bring you home. And then there's a scene where they're gonna, he's in an auction now, and they're going to bid who's going to get this horse. And the boy was again brokenhearted because he was outbid. And so the man that's going to now take the horse, as the boy is saying goodbye, he saw the covenant between the two of them. And he gave the boy the horse, and they came home together. And what, what is it again? It was all about the heart. It was all about covenant. It was all about champion hearts that are knit together with the one who is the champion. Only he can knit our hearts together. We can't do it. We can't do it. 
It's a supernatural thing. It's a holy thing. It's a precious thing. It's a sacred thing, actually. The kingdom culture is a culture of honor. It's a culture of protocol. It's a culture of covenant. It's far beyond a membership form. Now, I'm not against membership. Please hear me. I'm not putting down anything of anything. Who am I to criticize anything? I'm nobody. That's not my intention tonight. It's just that there's a culture of a kingdom, and it's a kingdom of champions, and it's a kingdom that there's a obedience. It's a kingdom of sacrifice. It's a kingdom of victory. It's a kingdom where we have covenant with the king. And when he whistles, we respond. When he whistles, we respond. It's not about programs. Who are we going to? We say it's harvest time. So my question is this. Who do we introduce the lost to? Do we introduce them to champions of God, to sons of God? who know who they are, or do we introduce them to programs and man's ideas? All good, but uh, there's a higher way. There's a higher way than all of that. And you know, God's way, God's way is the highway of holiness. It's higher. The standard is so much higher. The standard has been lowered. That we have, The church has allowed itself to lower the standard that Jesus set the standard way up there. And we lowered it to make it easy for people to come into the kingdom. And we don't have the time tonight to go in, nor is it my intention. It's not part of my message, what that looks like and what that means. But it's enough to know that we, I'm not looking, where have I lowered that? As a pastor, have I lowered that? Do you follow what I'm saying? In my own life, have I lowered that? The standard, this highway of holiness, this highway of holy light teeming with revelation. It's pulsing with revelation. This highway of holiness isn't this like, oh my God, all these rules and regulations. It's like, no, it's bright light revelation. Bright light revelation. The path of the righteous goes brighter and brighter like the breaking of the dawn, the word of God says. It's that place of walking on this highway of holiness. And as we walk there, it's living and moving and having our being in him. It's alive and pulsing with the spirit of the living God. It's living by the spirit of God, totally dependent on union and communion like secretariat and the jockey on its back, like the Mustang and the cowboy. It's that union. It's that communion. I'll tell you what. All you have to do is sit and say, Jesus, I just want union with you. You hung on a cross not just so I could be saved, but that I could have your champion heart and walk in communion and union where I walk on this highway of holiness not trying to be holy I gave that up a long time ago it's like you saying about it tonight there ain't nothing left crucify me there ain't nothing burn it up it's like every step that I take there ain't nothing Lord all I want 
much is to live and move and have my being in you. All I want is union and communion. All I want to do is respond to your whistle. All I want to do is respond to that trumpet blast. All I want to do is hear the hoofs, the running of the hoofs in heaven. All I want to do is align my heart with your roar and your heartbeat. All I want to do is wake up every day and take that mountain until it has been taken. There's a focus. Did you see that? There was a focus. I wasn't looking here. I wasn't looking there. I wasn't looking there or here. It's here and here. It's here and here. And I'm aware. This one's beside me. This one's beside me. This one's behind me. This one's in front of me. And we are running and we're moving as a whole camp of war horses. It's time to remove some of the rocks of the religion that have presented us, prevented us from running the race. Maybe different for every person. But things that we don't even realize that are religion and religious ways. And once again, that's not a criticism. God is saying, get this stuff out of your life. Get this stuff out of your life that I never wanted in there. Things that were man's ideas, they meant well, and it was the best that they could do. But I want that stuff out. I want it out because you keep tripping up over it. You keep stumbling over it. It's just in the way. Clear the highway. Clear the path. Remove the stones. And the distractions and the things that are pulling our hearts. So who has the reins of our hearts? Who has the reins of our hearts? Do we hold the reins of our hearts? Does some person have the reins of our hearts? Soul ties have the reins of our hearts? Or does the king have full reign of our hearts? Who has the reins of our hearts? That, that, that we would be the type of war horse that the, the, the slightest nudge of the knee, we respond. You see, we, oh, if only I could hear the audible voice of God. Do you know how rare that is? I'm waiting for the audible voice of God. Go ahead. I'm not saying that he won't. But most people that hear the audible voice of God, they're not hearing it every day. He's looking for people that are so sensitive, so in union and communion with him that all he has to do is give a nudge of a knee. That's what he's looking for. We want this. He says, that's what you want. But what I want is you to be so lost in me. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. That means we are overtaken. Who just opened that Walmart door? Well, I don't go to Walmart. I'll take it. That's a whole other Who? Where do I go? Where do I go? Who opened that stop and shop door? <laughs> Sorry, I just have this personal thing with Walmart. Anyways, that's just me. Nothing matter. Walmart is just my little thing. Anyways, because I know it's public. So, um, 
I'll explain why. Because I believe in Main Street being stay, stay, stay alive, so I shop local. That's really what it's about. It's, I, I, I love my town. And it grieves me because I walk it every week and pray for it and see more and more stores shut down because of what's going on in this nation. It breaks my heart. So I intentionally, purposely go into stores and buy cups of coffee I don't need because my coffee is better at home, but that store is going to stay open because I just bought that cup of coffee. Because why? Because the king told me to. It's his money. He said, go in and buy a cup of coffee. I don't need a cup of coffee. I make better coffee. Go in and buy a cup of coffee and go in and, and bless him, by the way, and go in and say prayers because he needs Jesus. Because one day you're going to have a word for him. So just keep going in until he recognizes your face. Because who's going in there anyways, Donna? Is it you? It's, well, it's you. It's my money, right? Yep. So open my wallet and buy the cup of coffee, Donna. Because there's this guy that makes coffee that's a champion. I see it in his eyes. But he's making coffee. It's not the matter of making coffee. But he needs more than making coffee, folks. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. If I get up every day and that was my life, I'm just going to make coffee the rest of my life, please, somebody put me out of my misery. I know where I'm going. Just shoot me and let me go, okay? I'm just being honest. I'm not against making coffee, but I just couldn't do it every day. There has got to be more. And that's what's going on in the church. There's got to be more. Why do I want to go to church? There's got to be more. Because there are people like my son and daughter-in-law who says there's a mountain. It's called New England. And New England is going to awake and shake and quake with the glory of God. <clears throat> yep. So, <laughs> it's. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's time to run the highway of holiness, holy light, purity of heart and devotion, clean hands and pure heart. Thank you for singing that. I love, so love that. One king and one kingdom, one focus, one devotion, one purpose. So, what is it time? It's time for. Final horse deal here. Time for the king, priest, prophet anointing to fully be clothed with not one piece, all three. Well, I'm not an intercessor. Well, guess what? I'm not an intercessor. If you've wonder, like, what does an intercessor look like? I don't know, like 20 things. Da, 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 ba, ba, da, 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 da. to me, you can never be an intercessor. And I said, why? Because that's why I'm here. Like this is like this high level strategic warfare thing we're on. What am I doing here if I'm not an intercessor? <laughs> we just found out that you never had a natural child. And if you've never had a natural child, you don't know what childbirth is, so you can never be an intercessor. I walked out of that room, and the other leader I was with said, I break that off of you in Jesus' name. Off with the head. (laughs) 
So Father, oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, well, I'm not moving into ministry yet, but I'm just going to stop right here for a minute. Off with the head of every single curse as that has been put or some evaluation that we haven't measured up to some man's program and the list of this is what it looks like. We break that in Jesus' name. We render it null and void by the blood of the Lamb. Where you've been told you don't measure up, you don't fit the model, you don't dress right, you don't this, you don't this. I had one ministry say to me, we just didn't know what to do with you. You just didn't fit in. And I said, that's right, and I never will. I know where I fit, right in his heart. Right in his heart, and because I fit there, I fit every place I go. Every place I go, I fit, because I fit right in his heart. Just like that place. Secretariat's heart, perfect fit. Out of his heart he came, let there be Donna. Then I got saved. So therefore, we have a champion heart. We came out of a champion heart. We get saved. We get put back in to his heart. He's a champion heart. And so, I don't know why when all those stories, I guess somebody needed to hear those stories. And I've forgiven all those people, and I'm not wandering around with, oh, my God, because that was such an angry never day. Oh, my God. <laughs> 50 years of whatever. Maybe you'll be delivered one day. Anyways, that's another story. So anyways, <laughs> oh my God, they're lined up. <laughs> we need a second level now. Oh my God. I need to allowed to shoot the ones that I get. I got completely lost. Oh my God, where was I going? Help me, Jesus. Oh yes, oh yes. So the intercession. So, you know. Intercessor. Jesus is the intercessor. Jesus is in us. Guess what? That makes you an intercessor. That's it. That's your one qualification. Jesus is the great high priest and the great intercessor. He's in you. You're an intercessor. You qualify. Period. Done. You don't have to dress a particular way. You don't have to fill out 50 questions. You're in like Flint. That's it. Sign up. <laughs> he sits in heaven and laughs at some of our stupid stuff. I like you kidding me? I never said that. You gotta wear what? You gotta wear a scarf like this with a particular brooch. Then you'll be in. I don't like pink. Oh, I didn't used to wear pink. Don't get any pink near me. No, I like pink. It's okay. It's okay. If there was a time, there was no pink. <laughs> I got to live it. <laughs> I'm serious. I was delivered. Anyways, many times. Many times. You don't want to know. So, king. I will get back on track. King, priest. 
I'm not even looking at my watch. Oh my God, king, priest, prophet, anointing. To become fully alive in us. Not that we like, well, I think I'm a king today, or maybe I'm a priest tomorrow, or maybe I'm a, I don't feel like it today. I don't feel like intercession, so I'm not going to. You know, it has nothing to do with what we feel. It has everything to do with obedience. Nothing to do with feelings. How many things would we do in every single day? You follow what I'm saying? I mean, honestly, I'm not even going to talk about some of the things that we don't want to do. I mean, just ridiculous things that we got to do every single day. But anyways, so the, the joy of priests being able to minister to the king in holy intimacy and come out of that place and begin to, whether anybody sees us or not, I mean, nobody knew what I was doing the other day when I took a walk strolling down the boulevard, the only one without a mask, getting all these dirty looks. I didn't care. So I'm just like, ah, baba la baba baba, bless you, yeah, baba la Yeah, I'm from another nation. Yeah, baba baba la You don't know. You just don't know. It's another culture, distant land. Anyways, yeah, I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. This is what I was doing the other day. So I'm like, okay, I sat at the bench and I'm like, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. Lord said, no, you're not. Yeah, you got to go over there. Yeah, what am I going to do? You're going to go over there and you're going to prophesy over the waters. You're going to prophesy for the fish to be restored. I am? Yep. Okay. If you sing, they will come. That's what I did. I'm telling you, they're all by myself. I don't care. It's me and Jesus. I don't know who was there, who wasn't. I was there with Jesus. Just doing what he told me to do because I had been in a place of communion and union for one hour. I'm not talking about me to try and impress you with me because I'm not impressed with me. I like me. Do you follow what I'm saying? But I'm not impressed with me. I'm only impressed with Jesus. Actually, nobody really impresses me, to be honest with you, and that ticks people off too because I don't, like I never got the whole thing with the, somebody's on the wall. Like, why do you have the press? Who is this person? Like, people are, Auntie Donna, what world are you from? Like, you don't even know this movie star. No, because I don't care. I've got a king. I've got a king. No, I don't know who's in the movie. There's a king. I know who's in the horse movie. Though. No, I don't know who. I know the horse. I know the horse. But I don't know the people. I couldn't tell you one person. The horse. The horse. Yeah. <laughs> the animals. Oh my God, I'm going on and on here. I just got lost again. Oh where was I? Jesus. Oh my goodness, I forget where I was going. Anyways, didn't matter. So, the fish. Oh yeah, the fish. Thank you. So I'm out there all by myself. I know. So what it is, my point of it is, is where was I? I was in the place of the priesthood, ministering to the king. It began with ministering to him. And then I entered into the place of intercession. And then I began to enter into the place of the prophetic. And began to release songs and sounds for the fish. And I'll tell you what, I'm standing there waiting for them. I'm believing, I'm telling you, they're going to come. They're going to come. You know why they're going to come? Because he said they're going to come. But that's what I'm talking about. We're meant to have influence. Who's seeing me? Am I going to be on a TV program tomorrow? No, I'm not. Is there going to be a book written about me? No, there's not. But it's being kept in heaven. 
and I'm not against, I mean, I mean, you know, I love it. I mean, thank God for all the different programs, all the different things out there. I love it. You follow? I love seeing the things and hearing it. And I get so encouraged. It's so amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for all the media that makes this stuff that we can cross lines and just get so fed and so encouraged with so many amazing things. What I'm talking about is my goal isn't that. My goal is the Lord wants fish back in the Gloucester waters so fishermen can feed their families and the domestic abuse begins to go down and the drugs begin to go down because the men aren't sitting there going, what do I do with my life? <clears throat> so... Is this place? We all know that the priests wore the bells on the bottom of their garments, right? Whereas they would go in to the holy place. They would know this is now they're going in, they're going into the holy place. The bells stop, they know, boom, that's it. They're no more. That's it. They're no more. It says in Zechariah 14:20. On that day, even the harness bells of the horses will be inscribed with these words, holy to the Lord. Holy to the Lord. Along the horses' reins were bells that declared into the atmosphere, heaven on earth, and to hell, holy, holy, holy. It's time to run in holiness. It's time to declare and decree the beauty of holiness. God is holy, and he is looking for a holy, set-apart, consecrated people who, as they run in this race, the sound of holiness is released. The beauty of holiness is coming from them, and they run in holiness. And it's all about who has our hearts. We're back to it. Who has the reins of our hearts? Because literally, if you could picture this war horse running across the earth, if this is you, this is what it sounds like. The bells of holiness decreeing over the earth, holy, holy. Holy, 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 holy. That's not a mistake that that's in there. God doesn't waste one thing in his word. I mean, I've saw, I mean, I've been meditating on this for 20 years, this passage, that these bells on these war horses are the same thing as the bells that were on the garments of the priest. Can you see it? Can you see it? Releasing the sound as we run with the hearts of champions in the wind of the Holy Spirit. We can't let the mistakes of the past hold us back. If you've been hurt and your heart is breaking, God will heal it. And he has one question for you tonight. Do you love me enough to risk again? Do you love me enough to get up and run again? He can kiss your heart with one kiss and hear it in a moment. It doesn't have to take 20 years. Oh, that's going to take 40 years. That's going to take 10 years. That's going to take 12 weeks. That's going to take... 
I don't know where we get this stuff. It takes, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, some things do take time. And I was telling you, it's time to the champion. Some of you may be in a place where you're in a deep, quiet place. And that may be because he's establishing a deep rest within you. What he's been doing, some of what he's been doing is getting the restlessness out of people's hearts and spirits. Restlessness is different from activity with the king. A restlessness, this restlessness. Okay? God is calling to this deep, quiet rest with a deep confidence in him. Why? So we can hear his trumpet call and respond to that and not just any soulish thing that comes our way. So can we hear the sound of the war horse pawing the earth, calling for champions to rise? You know, we don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure this one. The enemy is releasing fear like never before across the face of the earth. But the Lord is releasing his trumpet, and he's shouting, and he's trumpeting. He's saying, there's only one fear to have, church, the reverential fear of me. There's only one fear to have, the reverential fear and holy awe of me, and holy wonder and holy awe, where you tremble in my presence, and you get up and you go, give me that mountain. A peace must be the reigning of our hearts because war horses have the heart of a champion that don't run out of fear. They don't run here, there, and everywhere. They know who they are. They're confident in their identity. Their destiny is a road, a journey. It's not an event or a mission. It's a journey. It's a life journey running with Jesus. Champions, they're a remnant. They're blood covenant men and women. That's one thing that John G. Lake said. I don't have time to go into all that. Be here all night if I opened up that one right now. But John G. Lake said that when he had this whole vision of David and his mighty men, he said they were able to do everything that they did, the Lord showed them, because they were blood covenant men. Blood covenant men. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb blood covenant men. One thing that David's men did, they had one that had one desire, that his epitaph would read that he fulfilled everything that God put him on the earth to do. Oh, that I, uh, that I should, should we, the Lord, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether he's coming or I'm going home first. I have no idea. I don't care. That's for him to figure out. I don't take any time even trying to figure that out. Who cares? All that matters is every day I'm obedient with him. So may we be the people. May this house and every person that's visiting or here, wherever, at the smell of the battle, may the cry come out of you, aha, aha. May the snort of the war horse, the breath of the champion, you know, there's, there's two things he said to me. He said, I want to breathe. I want to release the snort of the war horse, the breath of the champion, and I want to breathe my resurrection breath afresh upon my church. The snort of the war horse releases into your spirit the breath of a champion. And then he breathes his resurrection breath upon us. You know, one thing, when I was, oh my goodness, 
I was reading, I've been studying all week again, John G. Lake, why? Because the Lord told me to. He tells me where to study. I have a million books. I couldn't even know which one to study. It's like, ask Gary. I mean, I, have, I, I, I need like five more bookcases. It's ridiculous. Anyways, he said to me the other morning, I woke up, and as soon as I woke up, I heard this. Go and read the Resurrection Sermons by John G. Lake. Okay. I go down, get the book, I open it up. I'm sitting at my table going, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, I talk like that. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm, this is what I do. I mean, Gary's gone by then. I'm like, when he's there, I'm quiet. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. If there was a recording, they'd probably arrest me. I'm telling you. I'm, 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 I'm serious. I mean, so I'm like, because he said, no, maybe you've seen this before, but I can be a little slow. I don't always see everything. Maybe you've seen this before, Miles, but I hadn't. When they came out of the upper room and they were, this is what Jesus showed them. Jesus showed John G. like this. When they came out and they were speaking in tongues, he said, you know what they were prophesying? They were prophesying the resurrection. He's alive. He's alive. Whatever tongue they were. What do you think? They all came running. They all heard it. They were all in the city. They all know he'd been crucified. Now they're hearing in tongues and in languages that he is alive. They are speaking and releasing in tongues the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Lord began to speak to me and he said, and speak it into this house tonight. I want to release, he said, a fresh baptism of fire of speaking in tongues that will release the sound of resurrection. And to begin to awaken the dead even in the church and release that resurrection sound into bodies that are dying, into sicknesses, into dreams of the dead. Release the sound of resurrection. You know, it's a place of religion where you could just get, I don't know, do all this weird stuff with tongues. But when we understand, first of all, it's weird just like this. Face to face with Jesus communing. Face to face. He breathes back and forth with you as you speak in tongues. You can feel his breath begins to come. And then you go into the place of resurrection. When you hear that snort of the war horse and you hear that resurrection sound and you begin to let the very spirit of the living God, the resurrected one, who rose him from the dead? Who brought him out of the dead? Who? The Holy Spirit who's in us. Who rose him from the dead? The Father said, okay, Holy Spirit, go get him. The spirit of holiness rose him from the dead. Who did he say? Wait, wait, wait for the third person. Wait, wait. So who's in us? The one that rose him from the dead. The who? What? So what is our language? It's the language of resurrection. That's what our tongues are. It's the language of the resurrection kingdom of heaven. And the spirit of religion would have had to be all kind of semantics. Well, we apologize. We don't need it. 
I've gotten in trouble. I know I'm going on. Is this okay? I have something I want to add. Okay. Go ahead. Add. Before you, before you exclamation point. Yeah. Right. God can't make this up. No, just stand here because I want you to see this. So I, I'm sitting here and I, I texted Daniel because he's not feeling well. Okay. And he said, I just didn't want people to be nervous, you know, but he just wasn't feeling good tonight. And I said, he had mentioned to me Secretariat this week. So then I texted him. I said, it's movie night. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, I listed the movies. And he sent me back this. He's my facts checker. Secretary had died October 4th. His parents' name, Bold Ruler and Something Royal, but most importantly, one of his Colts children name, Kingston Rule. Can't make this stuff up. <laughs> you can't make you this can't make it up. Stuff up. If you don't think there's a prophetic sign for you being here tonight to receive something substantial from heaven, I'm talking substantial. 41 years ago. 41. That means 40. We turned a corner. This is the birthday. Exclamation point. <laughs> yes and amen. <laughs> Come, Lord Jesus. Ridiculous. You don't make that stuff up. You don't make it up. That means there's a date of destiny tonight. That's right. So Secretariat's eye gate, he shows, showed me, just like the boy with his horse, just like the man with the Mustang, he so wants to put his eyes right against your eyes, forehead to forehead. And he says this, look at me. Look at me. He's saying to his church, look at me. Because my eyes are filled with fire. And I want to impart into your eye gate and into your hearts that fire. And my heart has a cadence. And it's like the wind. You run. The war horses run on my wind. And he says, listen. Listen. Quiet your hearts and spirits in the midst of the chaos in the world. And listen for the cadence. Listen for the thunder of the hoofs. Because my heart in this hour is for the hearts of champions and to set those hearts ablaze. A couple of more points. I heard 
He said, there is a trumpet blowing, and we know it's the Joel 2 trumpet blowing, and we know it's blowing the trumpet in Zion, but it says this, sound the, sound the alarm on my holy mountain, and it says their appearance is like the appearance of horses, like war horses. Have you ever read that before, Miles? Like war horses. That's what it says, like war horses. Not a barn horse, not a race horse, not a circus horse. Not a, not a whatever horse, a war horse and horsemen. So they, do they run like the noise of a chariot, like a mighty people set in battle array. That's what we're supposed to be like. He said, I'm summing this up now. I'm bringing it to a summary. An hour, he said, it's the hour of blood covenant men and women. They conquered because they were blood covenant men. And then... The Lord spoke to him. He said, will you not come up here and live in your realm? He didn't say my realm. He said to John G. Lake, will you not come up here and live in your realm? Oh, Lord, we want to be where you are. He says, quit calling it mine. It's yours. When it's yours, then you'll live from here. You keep saying, oh, if only I could get there. You are already there. Call crucified, co-risen, co-ascended, we are there. It's not a figment of our imagination when he says, look at me. Look at me. Where are we looking if we're up there? Are we looking like this or is it? Yes, king. What is your bidding? Give me that mountain. Give me that mountain. And that mountain may first be your family. It may first be your marriage. It may first be your health. It may first be your finances. I don't know what it is. But it's bigger mountains than that. Get those things settled. Get those things settled and in quick because there's a mountain. There's a nation at stake. I'm going to tell you something. I've only said this one other place. I heard it because I don't, when I, God tells me things, I'm very slow. I don't go running around sharing them unless he tells me to. But he just quickened me with this, so I'm going to say it. I was walking that same walk, that same walk the other day, and he said to me, yes, John, I've heard your cry for revival and many others, and I am going to send it. Revival is coming. Be assured it is coming to America. But it will come one of two ways, and the church will decide. It will come through repentance and prayer and fasting, or it's going to come through persecution. What is your choice? Fast, pray, contend, vote. It's your choice. It's coming, but you choose. My church chooses how it comes. I'll tell you what, that's a sobering word. That's a sobering word. That's the fear of the Lord word. That's like, like, why are you waking up tomorrow morning? That alone. That alone. That alone. For such a time as this. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really going on and on here. Oh, my God. So, so he said, will you come up here and live from your realm? 
that changes everything. Your realm. That's my realm. We are of another kingdom. We are of another realm. This is not our home. This is not our home. We have no business getting comfortable here. We're here on assignment. When that assignment is over and our book of destiny closes, we're out of here and you got nothing to say about it. Okay? It's like whatever. Fear of death has lost its sting. What? We're here on assignment. We're not here so we can do marshmallows. We are here to take a mountain. So there's a sound of the people. It says in Psalm 22 miles, Chicky, you love this song. You'd, there they are, they're worshiping. Chicky wrote a song about this. And, that. and they're doing this. We're, there they are, they're worshiping. And guess what they're decreeing? Ha, come on, this wrecked me this week, Miles. I'm telling you, I've been wrecked all week. Is this the right one? Yes. Wait a second. It is. Ha, ha, I entertain myself. <laughs> there they are, they're worshiping. And then at the end it says, and what do they do? You can only do this if that's yours. It is finished. Come on. Where are the voices on the earth? Where is God's people that is prophesying and decreeing as we come out of being with him and going to take a mountain with it is finished with the authority. Why? Because the one that is in us is decreeing it. We're not decreeing it in some presumptive thing. He's decreeing it through us. There they are. They're worshiping. There they are. They're worshiping. What? They're lost. They're right there. They're in their place. They're in their realm. Are you kidding me? And they're screaming down to earth. They're not screaming up. They're screaming down. It is finished. Don't you get it, guys? It's finished. Take the mountain. So... Oh, my goodness. Clothing you with garments of a champion. A company, this is what John G. Lake wrote, a company of men and women who enter into the throne, put upon them the garments of those with the authority and the dominion of the king, and they walk out as conquerors over death, hell, and the grave. Conquerors over death, hell, and the grave. Okay, one last point, and then I want to pray for you guys before anything else. Acts 2.32. He's preaching. Peter's a wild man. He's preaching about the resurrection. And he says, in the Passion Translation, can't you see it? Can't you see it? 
God has resurrected Jesus, and we have all seen him. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? Can't you see it? And Jesus is saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, church, and see me afresh as the resurrected king. And then run out to the world and say, can't you see him? Can't you see him? Can't you see him? And let your life display his dominion authority because the heart of a champion is in you and you're running like a war horse and you hear the thunder of the hoofs and you will not be stopped. Stopped. Can't you see him? Can't you see him? Can't you see him? Then God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne. And he's sending his promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured upon us today. And that's what tonight is about. The Lord's, well, I can't do this, only he can do it. He said, what's tonight about? He says, ears to hear and mouth to decree. Tongues of resurrection, tongues of resurrection, that this house would release the sound of resurrection. That this house would release the sound of resurrection. I ask you, what, what more powerful sound is there? That's what he told me to tell you. This house is meant to release the sound of resurrection. And he wants to give you fresh baptism fire to release that sound of resurrection through every manner that there is to release it. I'm not talking man's ideas. I'm talking the realm of the spirit. And I'll tell you why. Because he said to me this this week, Donna, I want to release a fresh tongue, a fresh... It was after I read this thing with John. I was taken over by God. I'm like, what? I'm telling you. It was like fire came on me in the living room. I'm like shaking and craving and all this. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And he said, I want to release the sound of resurrection in my church again and a fresh baptism of tongues of fire because the enemy has released a death knell sila over this nation, a death knell sila over the church and people are going to sleep and people are more than slumbering. They're like dying to their destinies. There is this death knell sila, this... I'm not even going to try to even imitate. It's not worth imitating because the sound of resurrection that's to come from this house and other houses is going to silence and swallow up. He said, I literally saw it, Miles, being swallowed up, literally swallowed up and consumed, and it was gone. And it also releases the sound. It is finished. It is finished. What greater decree is that? Swallowed up death, hell, and the grave. Every disease, every curse, anything that could attempt to... When our hearts are staked with this, like, this is us. Like, this is us. It's not a, a band. We are the band of any waves. You follow what I'm saying? He's not saying wave a banner. He's 